0: Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's
1: Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones, because we already wasted a couple minutes of his time talking fly fishing, and I know he's at... Some kind of an ice fishing deal. I think there's like four people there or something. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. We got a late start today. We had a little technical difficulty, so we lost the first half hour of the show. So
0: I was a little frazzled, but as usual, Karen took care of everything. What <laughs> would well, we do the women of our life? And I'll tell you, uh, Karen does not get uh, enough credit for all the stuff that she does uh, keeping it all together for sure. Oh, oh,
1: if anybody has any question about who runs this show, it has nothing to do with me. By the way, it's her
0: birthday today. <laughs> oh, happy birthday! I didn't know that. I need to. Uh, I need to get on the phone then. Yeah, see, I'm not going to say her age on the air. I'm not that stupid. But <laughs> <laughs> I think you just want to live so you can have a glass of wine with her later. Oh, we'll have several.
1: <laughs> All right, Mr. Zelinsky, tell us what's going on.
0: Okay. We, uh, everything ice fishing related is, is absolutely booming. Terry, you know, the, the cold in the, in the hills and the higher country, it just continues to, to kind of be relentless. Honestly, it has just been a cold winter, finally warming up a little bit on the front range, but the ice conditions are awesome. So, I mean, it, it's, Looking like it's going to be one of the longest front range ice seasons we've had in a long time, and you know the walleye are, bite is going very strong. The bass are going very strong. Um, we keep talking about South Park and the trout, the pike, but I kind of wanted to spin things. Um, you know, we just had the Three Lakes tournament; the guys had some great success. We have our Grand Lake event coming up, which is you know partnered with A and A Topper. Um, that's coming up basically you know in two weeks. Um, so there's a lot of lake trout kind of on the brain because the Three Lakes tournament. Are a bit coming up uh, mid winter, this type of time of year, where I start doing a lot of leaker stuff. Um, so, we kind of want to spin it. We've been talking about chat field walleye so much. Wanted us to turn the tables. We're going to talk a little lake trout today. Well, one of my favorite fish through the ice, one of my favorite
1: fish year round, you know, probably that along with pike give you the opportunity for a fish of a lifetime in Colorado the big lake trout and the big pike we have here you can catch a fish that very possibly could be the biggest fish you ever catch in your life and lake trout are prolific in this state they're well managed and we have some great populations
0: we we do Terry and I, I was actually talking to to all the guys at Clam did a podcast this week. We were talking about Lakers and you know they were like, hey, we travel all across the country, you know, targeting big fish and really how lucky we are here. We have some of the biggest fish in the country, um, you know, and, and very easily accessible compared to some of the extents that people go through to catch big lake trout. Um, You know, the opportunity to park on shore and walk out to a spot and catch a giant lake trout versus guys that are in certain parts of the country or in Canada, you know, making 30, 40-mile treks on snowmobiles to get to a lake trout. Um, We are so lucky to have the the fish that we do, the quality of fish we do, the number of lakes that we do with this big a fish. So so many opportunities for those big giants. And that's what we're going to talk about. And I, I think with the lake trout world, Terry, it is so split. You have people that just target them for fun, catching eater size fish and great management fish that need to be harvested. Um, and it's a great fish to take somebody new out on, simply for the fact that they don't get affected by as much. So when you're targeting those those smaller Lakers, you know, call it a twenty inch fish and less, those fish are living in deeper water. You know, sixty, eighty foot, hundred foot, um, but they're very stable you know the the weather doesn't affect them as much you don't get a ton of migration on those fish you can go to those deeper water sections you know drop down a, a variety of presentations to those fish um and you can have some great success so it's great for those younger fish because they're great eating and they're you know relatively available um to most people so it's a great starter fish and then you kind of go through this awkward stage of a lake trout's life from that like 20 inches to 30 inches where honestly it's kind of a uh, funkier fish to catch. They can't decide if they want to hang with the little fish or hang with the big fish and then you jump up to those really large fish when you're getting into that you know, 38, 40 inch fish um, and that's the fish that I was going to talk about today simply for the fact that I don't think people realize how many of those big fish we have and how available those big giant fish are. We're going to give a little technique a- and talk on how to catch some of those big fish.
1: Well and I think I'm glad you're bringing this up because so many people go to lakes like Granby and the other lake trout lakes grand lake blue mesa and they get into those small lake trout using different presentations and they're they're able to catch numbers of fish and they keep thinking well if i keep hitting it here eventually a big one will come through but those little ones aren't there because the big ones are there because they'd be lunch now every now and then that can happen it's not impossible but
0: you really have to change your tactics and your approach for the big fish exactly terry and i, I hate to say it, but i hear that statement all the time you and i talk about it everybody you know you have a 30 fish day or a 100 fish day and everybody's like man if i keep catching them i'm going to get that fish of a lifetime and honestly your, your odds are very small just because they don't live together the food source that is sustaining the life of those little fish is not the food source that that can you know produce the the length and mass of these giant fish so it's a totally different food source therefore Different habits, locations, everything. And I always tell people if you are fishing for numbers of Lakers, your best odds of ever hooking a big fish would be as you're reeling your jig up to down in a new spot, because um, when you wake up in the water column, you do have a shot at some of those bigger fish that might be chasing active schools of kokanee, or chasing rainbows up under the ice, but, but in an average situation, if you're catching little fish, um, I wouldn't say it's a good sign. Typically, if I catch a little fish, I kind of move on when I'm targeting those big fish, so the general like tips that we tell people is try to understand the food source. So if you are on a fishery where the big Lakers are feeding on kokanee, so if they're feeding on kokanee salmon or they're feeding on a deeper water rainbow trout, you're going to target the Lakers in semi-deep water, but not near as deep as those little fish. And so when we say we're looking for big Lakers, well, what's the food source? They feeding on kokanee on a rainbow that's in the deeper water. If they're on a deeper water food source, we generally target the big lake trout in like 30 to 40 feet of water, maybe 50, but honestly, our kokanee's rarely drop down to 50. Most of our kokanee are swimming like 20 to 40 feet below the ice. So that's where we see uh, a big population of those giant Lakers because they're where the food source is at. So our our deeper water Laker bite for these big trophies is going to be that 20 to 40 feet, and that's where so many Laker fishermen just – you know, think that everything they've read, everything they've been heard, they have to go deep. So they instantly want to go to 80, 100 foot of water, when in reality those big giant fish are where the food is at, and it's in that shallower water. And then you really get into it, and some of our fisheries, and even a lot of our fisheries, the food source is a shallow water rainbow bite. So they're feeding on rainbow trout, they're feeding on suckers, um, and they're up in shallow water. They're feeding right where you would anticipate rainbows being in, you know, 12 feet of water or less. Um, And those are probably the Lakers that take the least amount of abuse in the state because nobody tends to understand to go that shallow for these fish. So I always say if you know that you have a Laker population where the main food source is rainbows or suckers in shallow water, when I approach those fish, I act and I look for a spot just like I was going to go catch small rainbows. So if you go to, you know, the Boat Dock Bay, small points, you know, little drop-offs where you have those younger rainbows – that's where those big giant lakers are going to slide in and feed. Um, So, again, for me, the deepest I would be fishing is 40 foot, and a lot of times I am sub 10 feet of water. So that's kind of the the idea of how you go about selecting a spot. Ask yourself what the food source is, line yourself up in those regards, and that's half the battle. Um, The next thing that we talk about is getting these fish to take a bait. When you're talking about a 38-, 40-inch lake trout, everything they eat for the most part is you know a pound to two pounds they're eating a big fish they're eating stalker rainbows at that you know 10 12 inch mark they're eating suckers up to 14 inches lake trout don't get to be that big on a micro food source so they are about a big food source and that's what you have to present to them so when you go for lakers more so than a flawless technique i always say i would rather have a big bait in a really clean bait. So instead of having the latest custom jig and all this great stuff, I mean if it's big presentation, you're instantly upping your odds. So when I'm targeting Lakers, a small presentation will be 6-7 inches, whether that's a tube jig, whether it's just a, a big like a twister tail, a um, let lizards, um, any of these big giant baits that you can work, um, in a jigging motion, even big, you know, swim baits and paddle bugs. Um, if you have a bait that's in that six, seven, eight, 10 inch mark, that's what it takes. So it's all about a big presentation to give these fish a food source. Um, and that's how you're instantly going to increase your odds and start creating success on on big giant Lakers.
1: Well, and I couldn't agree more. I want to go, I want to hit on two points. One is the size of the presentation, what you said, adapting it to that. The shallow water, um, my biggest lake trout in Granby was probably around 30 pounds many years ago, and that came in nine feet of water. Now, people don't understand, they think of lake trout being deep because lake trout really can't tolerate water warmer than 55 degrees for any period of time, or it can actually be fatal to them. They'll move into it to quickly feed and move out. But once that lake freezes over, they can be anywhere. That's why they're shallow. They go where the food source is. And the comment on finding the food source, Nate, if we look back at all the fishing we do in our lives, isn't that probably the number one? Do we we concentrate so much on structure and all these movements and migration where it really comes down to their, if the groceries are there, the big fish are there.
0: Terry. I mean, I I say this all the time. Everybody asks me, hey, if I can learn one thing to become a better angler, I say for anything about the fish you're targeting, know the food. If you know the food, the the big fish are there. It comes easy. Food source means everything in the world. We always say it, other than a very short window of the spawning season, their entire life revolves around food. Know the food, you're going to get into those big fish.
1: Yeah, I always used to say that the only two interests fish have are sex and eating, and, and and they only get one date a year, so they spend a lot of time eating. Yeah. <laughs> so. For Sid, a uh, very true statement there. Yeah, so we're going to run out of time here pretty quick. Why don't you bring us up to speed now on what's going on today, and if it's, you're having a good time, and what you got coming up.
0: Absolutely, so we are here at the Antlers Inn Ice Addiction Event at Steinecker Reservoir, uh, presented by CLAM. So, Steinaker Reservoir is in the town of Vernal. Vernal is just outside, basically, of, like, Dinosaur, Colorado. So if you go up to the northwest corner of the state, cross the border, go 35, 40 miles, you hit the town of Vernal, and we're on the beautiful Steineker Reservoir. So it has rainbows, browns, bass, a lot of big bluegill and panfish, um, really neat fishery. Uh, the fishery's been here for a while, but basically they started this lake fresh about six years ago and they're doing an awesome job. So beautiful fish, big fish. Um, we've got a ton of anglers on the ice. Started off a cold morning. Uh, we were six below and uh, 90% humidity. So a little, little chilly this morning, but we're warming up by our wine barrel, these fire pits, and we have, you know, coffee, hot chocolate donuts, and fishing is fantastic. Um, it is neck and neck though. So, so far we've weighed know, I think over 100-something fish. Um, And the leader right now, I believe, is at like 1.8-something. So we are not up to the two-pound mark. 30th place is like 1.4. So it is neck and neck, and I think it's anybody's game. Uh, You know, obviously 10 o'clock, we're halfway through the event. So uh, time will tell. You can always follow along. If you go to the Fishing Chaos app, we have a live leaderboard up. That live leaderboard will be up until 11 a.m. At 11 a.m., we turn it off to build up some suspense. But uh, we have this live leaderboard you can follow along, and and it's it's exciting for sure. All right. And coming up, you've got Grand Lake. We have Grand Lake. It's the A&A Topper, a Grand Lake event. Uh, You know, probably the the grand finale of our series and probably the, the, the largest we have as far as it's a great venue, great fishing. It's just absolutely a pretty epic experience. Again, that's all brought to you by A&A Topper, bringing you the $7,500 cash prize. Uh, and again, that is on February 18th. You can go to our website, tightlineoutdoors.com, uh, but get your ticket. Tickets are still available. Uh, we'd love to have everybody up there. Check it out. It's an awesome venue, a great event. It's, it's definitely one, one to make.
1: All right, my friend, we're going to move on, but if people want more information, tightline outdoors.
0: Tightline outdoors. We'll talk to you soon, Terry. All
1: right, thanks, Nate. Nate Zielinski, always a great resource. I'll tell you, what he said about those big lake trout was so, so true. It's just a tremendous, tremendous uh, opportunity in Colorado. Karen and I have both had 20-plus pound lake trouts on Granby. so there's a, mine was bigger than hers, even though she claims they're still over there shaking her head. I got a little thing up here that says hers was longer than mine, but I think Bernie, who measured them, just was being nice to her. Hey, we're going to take a time out. We'd come out, come back. Austin Parr is going to join us. And we're going to talk more fishing on Terry Wicks from Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. When love. Got you down in the. You're crashing, crashing to all the Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. Count uh, on count me, another Wickstrom and Dobreth song. Uh, you know what? If you, if you like the music we used on some of these bumpers, Google us me. on. Uh, just search Wickstrom and Dobreth either on streaming or on YouTube and listen to the music. Give us some feedback. We'd appreciate it. But now let's talk fishing. Let's go to the phones. Joining us, he's the newest big-time TV star to join the <laughs> Terry Wickstrom Outdoors stable of contributors, and that's Austin Parr. And, Austin, that piece with you and your family on the ice at St. Ferrain was
2: priceless. I certainly appreciate it, Terry. We had a great time shooting it.
1: Yeah, and it shows you, with the winter we're having this year, that there's been some great fishing in the mountains, but there's been some slush and some things, too, uh, Nate talked about it a little bit but we're probably headed for one of the longest most productive front range ice fishing seasons we've had in years
2: absolutely I mean we're dealing with significant ice and good ice really uh, across the entire front range up at St. Brain that uh, was filmed like yeah, two weeks ago and we still had eight inches of ice up there and that was before even that really big cold snap that we just had. So uh, it's definitely going to be heading in the right direction when it comes to some ice, a little bit warmer right now, but still the, there's good solid ice at, at all your different front range locations, whether it's Chatfield, Cherry Creek, St. Brain, or even places like Aurora.
1: Yeah. And what's going to happen? People don't understand we're going to get some warm weather, which is fantastic, but that ice, once it forms solid with that cold way, it did takes a long time. I mean, you're talking days or even weeks before it deteriorates, and so and it's still cold at night. So now it's an opportunity, and you know you go up in the mountains; it's still going to be pretty cold. and We'll talk about some mountain opportunities. There's obviously some good ones, but right now you can be out in the front range. You, you really don't need a lot of heavy clothing because it's comfortable out, and you can go with some buddies. And it's a great time to start ice fishing
2: absolutely and the other thing too is we've mentioned the slush up in the mountains has been pretty significant this year and a lot of these front range locations don't have a ton of slush either so we're not dealing with those extreme conditions like we are up in the hills and granted there's places that have less slush but uh, the bite itself has still been good down here and as you mentioned it's a great opportunity to get out and catch a multitude of different species you can do your same type of techniques with small colored jigs, pinks and oranges, and tipped with max, black swarms or mealworms for the trout. But we also have the opportunity to be able to fish with live minnows uh, on the front range. And that has been a very productive method where we'll have a, a live minnow on a dead stick sitting next to us and then put a minnow head-tipped jig. Uh, buckshot rattlespoons from Northland have been very effective, but also jigging our apps with that same minnow head in number threes and number fives have been really doing a good job catching a lot of walleyes with some smallmouth mixed in.
1: Why don't you take us through some of the bites you're hearing or that you've experienced?
2: Chadfield has been about the most productive bite that we've been seeing. There's a big-time lack of bait fish out there, and it is really providing great opportunities in the low-light condition. The middle of the day hasn't been as good for the walleyes, but early and late, uh, while it's still pretty dark out, has been worthwhile when it comes to the walleye fishing. We're finding the fish on the edges of structure, which is very typical for this time of year, and my depth that I've been focusing in on has been between 20 and 25 feet. We are running, as I mentioned, those buckshot rattlespoons in uh, like a fire tiger and or purple-type colors have been both very productive, and sitting a minnow on a dead stick with actually a slip bobber on my secondary rod. The slip bobbers that I like using are what's called an ice buster bobber, and the line actually is, uh, there's a hole that's on the bottom of the float rather than through the entire float, so it remains underneath the water for the majority of the time and typically will freeze less even in very uh, extreme conditions. Now, if you're looking to fish in the middle of the day out there, I've been doing well for the smallmouth, Uh, over toward the dam face, There's some good drop-offs, and fishing the same type of technique uh, with those slip bobbers has been producing quite a few bass, and those fish really are a little bit slower moving than those walleyes, so you'll see them come in on your electronics and and really look at your bait for quite some time. It can even be maddening how long they'll they'll sit there and stare at you, and all of a sudden the bobber just slowly disappears underneath the water. So that's a bite that I've been liking a lot. Uh, But then as I mentioned, that St. Brain bite, Although you're not typically catching uh, a lot of big fish at places like the Mallard or Sandpiper Ponds, which are stocked heavily, the numbers of fish really are a fun opportunity to take some kids or a new angler out. We were out filming that segment for Fox 31, and, and we caught nine fish in maybe 30 minutes. It was not very hard at all. We didn't, I'd never uh, fished it much before, and it was one of those things where we just kind of picked a spot and drilled. It's a pretty shallow lake all the way around. And they just started jumping on. Now, there's also other multi species opportunities over there. Blue Heron uh, Lake is a much larger body of water than Sandpiper is and is stocked with a multitude of different species. You've got a largemouth in there, which is a catch and release fishery. And there's also a lot of walleyes and panfish as well.
1: Yeah, there's some great opportunities. And it's one that, you know, I like when you're taking new anglers, though, too. You get to some of these front range opportunities. And you don't have to, like you go to St. Frank, you don't have to walk out very far because they're small ponds. And there's facilities, like you take the kids out if they need a bathroom or something. They're right there. It just makes it a really pleasant day experience. And like you said, the walleyes might tend to be a, a twilight bite, but the bass and trout and panthers tend to cooperate all day long. I really like
2: that. What about Aurora Reservoir? Aurora, I have not heard as many reports this particular season, but the ones that I have been hearing has been... Somewhat mixed. Some folks are finding uh, some of those perch out in those deeper water areas. They've been suspended mostly, so uh, not much on the edges of any weed lines from what I've been hearing. A few walleyes have been being caught out there, but the challenge that you have out there is the the hour restrictions where you're not able to fish that when it gets dark. So those walleyes during the day can be a little bit more challenging to get when you're on the ice. In the middle of the summer, you can get those walleyes to cooperate much better in the middle of the day. But this time of year, the twilight conditions are better. But the one thing that I really do like about Aurora are, are the high-quality trout opportunities. Uh, that place really has a fantastic population of holdover trout uh, where they'll get stocked in the springtime and, and be able to, to maintain themselves for multiple seasons due to how deep that lake is. And you'll find fish that are routinely go 24 inches plus. So it's a, a body of water that if you're looking for high-quality trout along the front range, it's, it's hard to beat.
1: Now, a couple other places we're going to run over a little bit, but that's all right. We'll just steal time from JR. He wants, he's probably listening, <laughs> making notes anyway, after all the ice fishing stuff he bought from you. Uh, yeah. one, is, uh, one, one is real quick, carry-all maybe is something that gets overlooked.
2: It is. It's very thick ice, somewhat challenging with a hand auger, but good solid trout opportunities, not the huge ones, but a lot of good numbers along the flats uh, toward the inlet side. But that same area produces some really nice pike, and and fishing tip-ups with water dogs is really my favorite method to, to catch those big fish, but you can also get them on various dead bait options as well as sometimes more aggressively jigging things like a rattle bait.
1: And then the last thing I really want to talk about is more open water, and that's the tailwater below Pueblo Reservoir. It's one of my favorite wintertime fisheries.
2: Absolutely. I had two employees from the store head down there yesterday and had a fantastic day with some good numbers of pretty high-quality trout with several going over 20 inches. Uh, Those fish are going to start spawning here soon, so egg patterns are a good thing to be thinking about. But they had the best success on small red jujube midges, as well as standard black zebra midges uh, just drifted near the bottom of the holes. There wasn't much surface activity, but as we get a little bit warmer here, there'll be better and better dry fly options to hit down there. And it's a really worthwhile fishery to, to target here in the wintertime.
1: Well, they did a lot of habitat improvement down there for the trout, but as you get close to the reservoir, there's still a lot of fish that come out of that dam that are warm water species uh, like wipers and walleyes and bass and catfish. And what I found every now and then, if, especially on a warm day, if I switch over to a streamer down there, I still catch a good number of trout on reaction style, but sometimes it'll open me up to those other species.
2: Certainly, a lot of times you're not getting many bass on small midges, but drifting a, a big woolly bugger or articulated streamer down through those holes and stripping it back definitely can produce uh, a wide variety of, of uh, multi-species opportunities.
1: I actually caught a 20-pound catfish in that stretch further <laughs> d- down from them. And I was trout fishing. I had like six-pound test. I had to run down the river for about 100 yards putting my rod around trees and stuff. So it was quite
0: the experience. Great,
1: yeah, Yeah, those great. big cats will pull hard. A great winter fishery, though. And one that gets overlooked uh, um and i don 't know if you know there is some boating activity available in Pueblo if the if the boat ramps aren 't frozen, but it 's a very difficult fishing opportunity and a hard one to uh, a hard one to control of you it 's hard on the fish. I did hear you know what I heard that uh, then i 'm going to let you go here in a second. I heard that the fishing is great on Blue Mesa, but they 've always been able to catch the perch, which were illegally introduced in the summer, but not in the winter and Now I hear the entire lake from about 30 feet shallower, they're finding these perch, and they're going crazy. So that might be something to keep in mind, too.
2: Definitely, and and with those uh, water levels fluctuating all the time down there, it might just hit that perfect level of being able to have those perch really spawn, so that could be a cool multi-species opportunity. If people want more information, Austin, where do they find you? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right, my friend, we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Terry.
1: All right. Austin Parr, always a great resource. We're going to take a quick time out, and then we're going to join by somebody who I know he wants to talk ice fishing, but we're going to talk competitive shooting with J.R. from Colorado Clays on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. Joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pierce. Good morning, Jr.
3: Good morning, Terry.
1: I don't know if your ears were burning because Austin and I were talking about you, but one thing we didn't get to, and we're going to talk competitive shooting here in a minute. That's why I got you on. But during the week I talked to Austin, and we didn't get to it during the segment, and I'll mention it so now so that everybody doesn't hear it and go out there. And that's that he's heard they're catching quite a few fish in deep water at Bar Lake, which is right near your backyard. And now that you're a newfound ice fishing enthusiast with all the equipment, I expect to see you out there soon.
3: Oh, Terry, it's coming. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Austin, by the way, for fixing me up with that uh, that uh, Helix 7. That's going to be a great uh, ice fishing um uh, tool for me, and of course, Terry, um, everything you've taught me. I've got all the skills and uh, all the tools now, so uh, I can't wait to get on it.,
1: uh, it'll be fun. Hey, let's talk some shooting. You know, we talk all the time about getting ready for hunting season, and along that line, turkey season's not that far away. It starts April eighth. And by the way, everybody who's listening, if you're draw- putting in for the draw for turkey, It's due this Tuesday at 8 o'clock, so if you haven't get it in, you need to get it in. But that aside, um, we talk about getting ready for hunting, whether it's waterfall or upland games or turkey or or going to the rifle range and sighting in for deer and elk. But there's a lot of people who just shoot for the fun of shooting. They're not necessarily going to hunt. They may or they may not, but they enjoy shooting. They do it for fun, for recreation, and invariably there becomes some form of competition whether it's a high-end competition uh, all the way up to the professional level or just competing with your buddy and there's so many ways you can do that at colorado clays isn't there
3: yeah and you're right terry you know and everybody enjoys shooting all that colorado clays offers the arms enthusiast throughout the year uh whether it's you know shotguns rifles or pistols Uh, and, And like you said, every time we go fishing, we prove that pretty much any outdoor activity can be that much more enjoyable if you add that competitive element to it. And, of course, we always encourage people to come out with their friends, their families, their coworkers, or whatever, and have a friendly competition while enjoying some time here at the range. But I don't think most people realize how many next-level level competitive opportunities are actually available here at Colorado Clays, and these can be for all ages and all skill levels, Terry.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right, and they start with just some leagues and all the way up to actually professional shoots. Why don't you take us through some of the opportunities like leagues and the and the um, NSCA stuff that you offer at Colorado Clays?
3: All right. Well, Terry, since it's the first one coming up, actually, uh, uh, we are hosting the NSCA or the National Sporting Clays Association season opener, which is a registered target event right here at Colorado Clays tomorrow morning. And, of course, being an NSCA member range in good standing, we actually host many of these tournaments each year. Uh, Terry, the game of sporting clays is designed uh, and intended to represent shots you may encounter in the field while hunting. And NSCA was formed to bring an organized competitive aspect to this game on a national level. So here's something that uh, is worth mentioning, Terry. When you join the NSCA, You will start as a lower classification shooter, and as your skills improve, you move up in the class. So this game and and this organization is very friendly to everybody coming in. You'll always be shooting against people in your classification, and you move up in class as your skills improve. The second thing that's important about this one, Terry, is that uh, this is also a buddy shoot tomorrow. So if you are one of those hunters that wants to get into something um, that represents – uh, all those different types of hunting opportunities or if you want to go compete uh, and and shoot on a different level many people do better in the competitive aspect or if you just want to see what it's all about uh, tomorrow is a buddy shoot so you can come out to Colorado Clays we can put you in with some members you don't necessarily have to join but you can actually see what it's all about and of course if you want to join you can get signed up and uh, just begin the season in the right way right here at Colorado Clays.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. But in addition to that, as time goes on, first of all, you do just a number of fundraising events that a lot of times there's a competitive element to this kind of a more fun competitive element, but you offer a variety of leagues, too.
3: Yeah, Terry, and I'll tell you, we have something literally for everyone. I mean, we can start with the kids. Of course, Colorado Clay is very involved with the Boy Scouts and working with those kids. Uh, Many of the surrounding counties have a 4-H shooting program, and they have their practices and their competition shoot-offs right here at Colorado Clay's. Uh, A lot of the high schools are beginning to form high school shooting teams and um uh, the practice of probably six or eight schools is right here at colorado clays and they then participate at the high school championships which are also here at colorado clays so uh, getting those uh, school kids into shooting and uh, giving them some practice and some comp- competition is really good for them as well. Of course, you know college level. Many of the front ring colleges practice here and host their invitational tournaments here at Colorado Clay's, and that draws teams from many surrounding states and many college teams from those states. Uh, Another thing, Terry, we love getting the ladies into shooting, and it is amazing how many of our outdoors women are joining and competing in our NSCA tournaments, our trap leagues, our sporty leagues, uh, and even the well-armed woman group. I'll say uh, one of the most uh, enjoyable things I did last Halloween, I walked into the pistol range, and the ladies were shooting pumpkins in our pistol range. What a great time. um, What a good way to enjoy some competition there as well. And then, of course, like you said, Terry, uh, our Trap and Sporting Clays Leagues, which are coming up here in the middle of March, uh, uh, best Wednesday night you'll spend anywhere. Uh, Open to all people, uh, built in a manner that all skill levels uh, can enjoy it, and just a fun night out for anybody that wants to come out and have a midweek shoot. And then last, of course, like you were saying, our corporate and fundraiser events often welcome participants, Uh, to compete in their events and they always support a good cause most include meals and door prizes most also have competitions for high team scores high individual scores and games that allow you chances at prizes by breaking targets and anybody can compete and it's a great time Terry so there's so much available Uh, anybody can call out and find something that'll work for them
1: I know, and you made a point that anybody, there's room for everybody. What if I'm an average shot and I'm a little hesitant? Is Can I dip my toe in it and still not can make myself look bad? Well, that might be hard for me, but how about the average person?
3: Yeah, Terry, you know, all of our competitions out here are built around everybody being able to come out and enjoy a good time. nobody judges none of that. Everybody shoots to the best of their ability, and that's really what our leagues and competitions are made for. We're all shooting against ourselves, Terry, and uh, everybody understands that, and uh, that's what makes it fun. We, we try to become the best marksman that we can, and wherever that lands us, it does. And it's really fun watching people that had just the attitude you talked about, kind of kind of worried about it. And I've encouraged many of them to get started, and they become regulars, Terry. Anybody can do it. Um, we all come for the same reason. And uh, don't be afraid. It's a good time no matter what.
1: Now, if I want to learn more about the competitive opportunities, is it good to go to your website, or should I just come out and talk to you guys, or a combination of both?
3: I think all of those are good. If you, you know, we do post, you know, events on our website and you can go learn about them. Uh, Of course, the description of our range, all of that. But if you really have something in particular in mind, you've got a kid that might want to join the 4 H or you're wondering which high school teams are here and uh, how to get in that, I recommend give us a call, um, leave a message, we'll call you back, talk to whoever's here on the phone, whatever works. Just uh, make sure you reach out and contact us, and we will find exactly what works for you because we definitely have it all here at Colorado Clays.
1: All right, my friend, and how do they find your website?
3: Go to coloradoclays.com, scroll through, check the calendar for events, take the virtual tour, look at the place, or, Terry, just give us a call, 303-659-7117 um ask for me ask for Corey. um we'll get you fixed up with whatever you need
1: all right we got to run but we will talk soon and maybe we'll even get on the ice pretty soon have a good rest of the weekend
3: you as well terry thank you
1: all right, you bet jr pierce we're gonna take a quick time out when we come back we'll wrap things up including some information on pfas that people ask us about on terry wickstrom outdoors on 10343 the fan You're listening to Terry from Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. A couple of things I want to address before we go. Uh, One is we had some questions about PFAS, or Forever Chemicals, and are they affecting the fish in Colorado, and do you have to be afraid to eat them? Um, We're in the process of trying to get more information, but I did find out that the answers to that really don't come from Parks and Wildlife. They come from CDPHE, which is a... Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. and But that doesn't mean CPW is ignoring the issue and not involved. Um, so I'm going to read the, a, a little statement here, and then we're going to follow up and get you more information. Uh, CPW aquatic biologists and regional wildlife managers will be working with CDPHE to sample waters and lakes and fish tissue for PFAS in up to eight lakes managed by CPW this summer the the um c p the c d p h e is doing an exploratory study to identify the site's impact. What it goes on to say is they're going to be testing these lakes these, this summer and basically especially near areas where there might be fuel or places like by airports or highways where there could be more chance that they could occur. And then from there, they're going to kind of determine a state of action and statements to the public about the safety. So it is being investigated. I haven't heard any alarming statistics yet. You know, a few years ago, they talked about the mercury and told you how many fish probably were safe to eat. We're probably in that kind of a situation, but I can't tell you that based on any verified evidence. I will keep track of that, and I will let you know uh, as soon as we get more information. Also, today, if you uh, we started the show a little late, but if you finally did join us, today is uh, Karen, my producer and wife's birthday. She is, I'm not going to tell you how old, but she's young and vibrant. But she if you like what goes on in this show, uh, she's the one responsible to make it work. She does the work. I get the credit. Uh, she's been a tremendous partner, a tremendous wife, and... The things we 've done together, the adventures we've taken, and the support she 's shown me i 'm truly a very blessed man and happy birthday, Karen fantastic and thank you for sharing all that you've shared with me now is Mr. Dan Jacobs here
4: i'm here. happy birthday to Karen.
1: Well, she deserves it, and yes, of course, she does. you know who runs this show. You know as well as anybody that I have no say
4: yeah, absolutely I she deserves all the credit in the world, and she's a very nice young lady, and I appreciate her uh keeping you in line.
1: Now I have some questions for you. Okay. We've got We've got a new coach and whether he was going to be their first choice or whether they scrambled to get him because everything else was falling apart. We'll leave that to the world of public opinion, but I like the hire. It's going to cost them a lot. I think people should, should uh, not look for this to be an immediate quick fix. I think there's things that have to be done here. But what do you think is he going to have some ability to remake the roster through free agency? He's not going to have much draft capital.
4: Yeah, I do. I and I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I thought you were going to ask me fishing questions, Terry. So uh, I I try
1: to stay in your realm of i What do you authority. mean? You don't think
4: I'm an expert fisherman? I'm I mean, I'm a phenomenal fisherman. You know, but okay. by the way, just so, so you know real quick, one time I sat with uh Jeff Fisher, the uh, former Rams coach, On the way to Mexico, he was going for a huge fishing trip. Apparently, he's a huge fishing aficionado. Goes down there and catches. What do you catch on Mexico? Like some sort of giant fish, right? Well, it depends on where you're going. Um, If you're going inland in Mexico, you're going
1: after the big bass. Mm -hmm. But knowing Jeff Fisher and the type of fishing he likes to do, he was probably going off the Baja um for the some of the ocean fish out there but he also likes to go down to argentina and go for the big trout i know that
4: oh very nice so uh i was there for a uh, bachelor party so uh we we were you know doing some different activities but yeah i saw him on the way down there um but yes terry to wrap this up yes i agree with you 100 percent um and yes he will he'll be in charge george payton has been relegated to the role of you know a glorified secretary so to speak as far as i can tell so uh Sean Payton will have a huge say and ability to help shape the roster. And you're right, it's probably going to be running off some malcontents and then replacing them through a free agency. And you've got to be smart with uh, your draft picks as well.
1: Yeah, you're going to have later round picks, but there's places to have like running back and a few other things. Well, I will let you go, and then I'll wrap this up so that you can uh, talk sports for a while. Thank you, Coach. All right. So we're going to wrap up Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're here usually from 9 to 11 today. We were 9.30 to 11, but usually 9 to 11 every Saturday. Uh, Follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook page, we post podcasts. Karen puts up there whenever we add a new video to YouTube. Uh, And also go to our music sites on social media, Wickstrom and Dobrith, and follow those. But really, tune in every Saturday from 9 to 11. Uh, I want to thank Karen for All she's done and happy birthday again. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and Dan Jacobs Sports on 104.3 The Fan.